0: How are you doing? I'm Miles McPherson, Pastor of the Rock Church, and welcome to our Easter service, one like you've never seen. I have a question. How do you tell a story that everybody's heard, everybody knows the beginning, middle, and end? How do you tell that story that's been told for 2,000 years in a way that people have never heard it? That's what's going to happen today. Check it out. Everybody knows uh, the Easter story. Let's back it up. Jesus was born, lived 30 years, got baptized, started a three-year ministry, picked his 12 disciples. And for three years, he performed miracles. He loved the unlovable, touched the untouchable, forgave the unforgivable, solved the unsolvable, raised the dead, healed the blind and mute, and forgave people. And then they crucified him. They beat him. They whipped him. They pressed thorns in his head, pulled out his beards, hit him with rocks. One of his disciples betrayed him. Another disciple denied him three times. And the very people he loved, the very people he came to save, shouted, crucify him, crucify him. And as they were nailing him to the wood, after he carried his own cross up a hill, as they were nailing him to the wood, cursing him, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. So this was the most loving man to ever live. Never sinned. The Bible said he who had no sin became sin. And he hung on the cross and died of a broken heart. They stuck a spear in his side to make sure he was dead. They took him down, they put him in a tomb, and we all know what happened after that. Three days he was in the tomb. And here's what each of the Gospels says. Each gospel has an account of his resurrection. In Matthew 28 it says, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week begun to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said, look what the angel said, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, come see the place where the Lord lay. They put 12 guards in front of the tomb, 12 Navy SEAL type soldiers in those days. But the angels showed up and those soldiers fell over like dead. That was Matthew. This story is also in Mark. Mark chapter 16, it says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Oh, by the way, you might be wondering what this is all about, where we're at and why we're here. I'm gonna get to that in a minute. But first, let me read the last two accounts of the resurrection in Luke and John. Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because he had risen. Finally, in John chapter 20, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away. And she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said, they had taken away the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they laid him. No one took him. The Holy Spirit resurrected him. Uh, We have to look at this story from Jesus' perspective. What was the significance to Jesus of walking out of the tomb? But to understand the significance, first we have to go back into the tomb with him there and look at it from his perspective. Let's go. to start the resurrection story right. You have to start with the devil, the liar, the father of lies, the murderer, destroyer, the deceiver. And you might be thinking, the devil? Well, you don't have a resurrection without a tomb. You don't have a tomb without a crucifixion. You don't have a crucifixion without death. You don't have death without sin, and you don't have sin without the devil. In Jesus' day, the Jews were looking for a military leader that would conquer the Roman government and set them free. A military, political king that would lead them politically, militarily. But Jesus was fighting a whole different battle. He was fighting a spiritual war against the devil. A spiritual war where the devil was trying to put Jesus and all the hopes of mankind in a tomb like this. Bury their dreams, bury their hopes, Bury everything you could ever think you wanted that was good in a tomb. Look at this place. It's dark. It's empty. There's nothing in here. And that's exactly where the devil wants to put your life, your dreams, your hope, your future. And when your friends and family dies, that he wants you to think they're here, buried, gone forever. But Jesus had something different in mind. But I got to go back to Matthew chapter 4 in the first conversation here on earth between Jesus and the devil. It's where the devil was tempting him, and there was just a little bit of hint of what the devil does to us every day, how he was going to fight his battle. Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, in the desert. It was hot, it was dusty, it was rocky, just like a place like this. And the devil comes up to him at the end when he was weary and tired and weak. And he says to him, if you are the son of God, turn the stones to bread. He said, no, no, I'm not going to turn the stones of bread. Man shall live by only by the word word of God. And he said, if you're a king, uh, son of God, jump off the pinnacle of the temple. He said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then the third temptation, gives us a hint. Look what he says. The devil says, again, the devil took him up into an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kings of the world and their glory and said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. If you fall down and worship me, I will bless you with all this. Now, this is what the devil promises us all the time. I don't want you to worship God. I want worship me. I can give you something better than God. As a matter of fact, Adam and Eve in the garden, they had eternal life. They walked with God. Everything was perfect. And the devil said, "I have something better for you, that you could be like God." Tempted them. So he says to Jesus, "If you go up on, I'm gonna take you up on a mountain. I'm gonna show you all the glory of the of the earth, and I'll give it to you if you worship me." Here's what Jesus says. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Here's what the devil is saying. Not only will I give it to you, he always makes false promises, by the way, but if you don't worship me, I will withhold it from you. The devil manipulates us, threatens us by what he will do to us if we do not worship him. I will accuse you of things, I will cancel you if you don't lie you won't get ahead. If you're not sleazy, you won't have love in your life. If you're not greedy, you won't have money and be happy. If you don't work day and night and, and, and discard your family, you won't be successful and be, and be happy and fulfilled and be respected. Constantly, day and night, you and I, the devil is threatening us and manipulating us with this fear that he's going to do something to us. And when Jesus was on earth, listen, he had all those threats, all those accusations, and he said, I am going to live holy And I'm going to take the devil's biggest accusations. I'm going to take the devil's evil. Everything he can throw at me, he can whip me, beat me, accuse me. And all the evil that the devil has, that he holds over all of our heads. Jesus took the devil's biggest bullet. Death itself came in the tomb. And when he was in the tomb, the disciples thought, our Savior has gone. And they were hiding. All the enemies of Christ were reveling. The demons were reveling. He's dead. We won. And then Jesus said, ah, nah, I took your biggest bullet. And then he got up and he walked. Now, before I walk out of this tomb, let me tell you something. A lot of your dreams are in this tomb right now because you're running scared of the devil. A lot of your hopes are in this tomb. The devil has killed your hope. He's killed your dreams. He's killed your, your drive, your persistence. He's killed your ability to, to go for it and, and confront obstacles because you're scared of what he may do to you. You may not think about it that way. But at some point, you have to walk out of the darkness of this tomb into the light of life. i want to read something to you. John chapter 1 it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not Overcome it The darkness did not Defeat it The darkness did not seize it Jesus was the light of the life, light of the world And when he came The darkness of the devil tried to snuff him out Kill him, accuse him False prophet, blasphemer, hypocrite False teacher And Jesus said I'll take everything you have Even death on the cross And I'm going to bury it in this tomb And when I come out I'm going to come out victorious, never to have to think about, worry about death ever again, the sting of death. Where are you? Jesus told you and I to walk as children of light. When Jesus walked out of this tomb, he walked victorious over death once and for all, and he is going to hand that victory to us so we would walk out of our darkness into light. Two boxers are in a boxing match right before the first round. They meet in the middle of the ring. And the referee gets them together. Sometimes they're standing close together, sometimes they're this this far apart, but they're looking at each other, mad dogging each other, all sweaty. And the, the referee gives them instructions, you know, no hitting below the belt. If I tell you to break, don't swing. And then they go back to their corners, and in their corners they're sizing each other up, looking at each other, you know, walking around, you know, just getting ready to get in there. And in their corners where they go in between the rounds to get ready for the next round. It's in their corners that they strategize and prepare for every round of how they're going to fight the opponent. It's in their corners that they're saying, I'm over here, you're over there, I'm on my side, you're on your side. Our culture has become dangerously divided. That if you don't vote like me, you're on that side, I'm on my side. If you don't believe the same thing about the police, you're on that side, I'm on my side. If you don't look like me, possibly, I'm on my side, you're on that side. And if you don't believe in the vaccine, you're on that side, I'm on this side. And we find all these ways to be divided. It's the same way in the church, unfortunately. If you don't believe in my pastor, you're on that side, that side. Or even in the church, all these ways that people are divided exist. Inside the church, we need to walk out of the tomb and the darkness of the tomb, the darkness of division, and be able to love our brother. If we are truly walking out of the darkness into the light, we will love our brother. I want to read something to you. First John, chapter two, verse eight to eleven. It says, "Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in Him and in you, because of the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining." He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. When Jesus walked out of the darkness of the tomb, he overcame the darkness of division. We have seen so much division in our culture. I remember when there was a shooting a couple years ago, a few years ago here in San Diego. And we had protests for a whole week and it was really dark. And I remember preaching a sermon and the whole point of the sermon was how well do you love the people who don't agree with you? Let me tell you something church, it has been so encouraging to see you serve your brother, your sister in San Diego. People who maybe not agree with you or people you just don't even know. People who can't pay you back. 17,000 people were served at Toys for Joy. They got food, they got clothes, they got toys because of your generosity. Our thrift store has been serving people all over San Diego. The fire department and police department have been passing out vouchers as they have for years. And they've been, people have been cashing in those vouchers at the thrift store. Through the provisions ministry, we've been feeding people every single week. People who never thought they would be food insecure. Listen, on April 18th, we're going to relaunch our church and we're inviting all of you to be part of that relaunch and get involved so we can serve our city and wherever you are around the world, that you would join us in our relaunch so you can serve your city. It is so encouraging to watch Jesus walk out of the tomb and walk through San Diego, through Africa, through Asia, through your life, through you loving your brother and your sister in your city. get rid of a problem, get a bigger problem. And one of the best ways to get a bigger problem is to get someone else's problem. Someone who has more problems than you, more pain than you. Because when we watch other people overcome and deal with their problems, be patient with their problems, it encourages us for what is possible. When Jesus walked out of the tomb, he was giving us a sign that he had defeated death. He had defeated impatience. He had defeated hopelessness, and he offers that hope to us. Let me read Colossians 2.15. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. He says, I have victory over all principality and power that's coming against you. And when you and I are in trials... He is saying there is more patience and hope available to you so you can walk out of your darkness into the light by being patient with your trials. The definition of patience is long-suffering. And what better example of a long-sufferer than a survivor of human trafficking? I'm here in a strip club that we bought that we are going to use and transform into a place to give hope to people who are survivors of human trafficking. I heard a story recently of a young lady named Marsha. Her darkness started at the age of four where she was molested at the age of four all through her preteen years. This got darker when her father started to abuse her, physically abuse her. And then when she went to high school, she got into abusive relationships. Then when she was in her 20s, she ended up working in a place like this as a waitress. She eventually got into a male escort service where she was passed from man to man to man, exploited, abused, disregarded, beaten, and then given money in exchange, all along reinforcing that she didn't mean much to them. And all along she was crying out to God, believing that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. You may be in a situation like this where you think there's no hope for you, where you think there's nothing but pain surrounding you, but there's something in you telling you that God loves you, And that here's a plan for your life. And that no matter how dark it is where you're at, you believe at the end of that tunnel, though it may be very long, uh, there's a light. And she believed that. And she got an opportunity to run away, which she did. Came to church, gave her life to Christ, and is now fighting the battle. She's still fighting the darkness that's coming after her, but she's walking with God. And people are loving on her, encouraging her in the right way, in a biblical way. I want to encourage you. I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what you're going through. But when Jesus overcame death, one of the things he demonstrated to us that not even death, no matter how bad your circumstance is, death is the ultimate. That not even death and everything short of death, he will overcome. He has overcome. And when he walked out of that tomb, he says, I'm now going to give you that victory so you can walk through your pain, your darkness, out of your darkness into your life. walked out of the tomb, he was demonstrating resurrection power and victory over everything the devil threw at him. That resurrection power that he demonstrated is what's available to us. It's the same power that's going to enable us to walk out of our darkness into the light, to love our brother, to walk out of our darkness into the light, to be patient with our trials, and to walk out of darkness into the light, to be thankful for what we have. Tammy's a single mom of three. And her mom, three years ago, had a stroke. And after her mom had the stroke, she was paralyzed from her neck down. Tammy and her mom were very close, so this was very hard. In addition, her mom lived 500 miles away. Tammy being a single mom, finances tight, it was difficult for her to spend time with her mom. Three years going back and forth for 500 miles of travel, trying to spend time with her mother. Her mother finally got sick, went to the hospital and died that very same day. When I think of someone going through that without God, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you fight darkness, the discouragement and pain of losing a loved one. Tammy not only survived that, she thrived, but here's why. Because she had walked out of the darkness into the light. She knew who she was in Christ. I want to read something to you. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 it says, "You are a chosen generation, that was Tammy. You are a royal priesthood, that was Tammy. A holy nation, that was Tammy, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him, watch this, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are a people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now had obtained mercy. So many, so many, so much packed in this verse. I wanna read something to you. I wanna emphasize how many times the verse refers to her. And us being something we weren't to something we are. To be in darkness, to be in light. Watch this. You are a chosen generation. God has chosen you. You are a royal priesthood. A priesthood was set apart to serve God and be a bridge builder between those who didn't know God and God. A holy nation. Holy means set apart. His own special people. The word special means peculiar. Imagine a circle around a dot, that circle is God that dot is you, you are a special people, God has surrounded you, why? that He may, that you may proclaim the praises of God who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light, and then it says you were once not his people, but now you are, who had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy, here's the question Tammy was not crushed by her mom's death so bad, she couldn't praise God. Matter of fact, if you ask her about her mom's death, yes, she will tell you she misses her mom. But what she will tell you is that the last thing her mom said to her before the stroke was I love you. And the last thing her mom said to her on FaceTime before she died was I love you. She is thankful for what God gave her, not what he took away. I want to encourage you. If you walk out of darkness into the light, you will be more focused on the things God has blessed you with versus the things that you don't have anymore. If you want to be that person that walks out of the darkness into his marvelous light, let's go back to where we started, to the tomb and walk out of your tomb. Remember, this is exactly where the devil wants your dreams in the tomb, dead. This is where he wants your hope, right here in the tomb, dead. This is where he wants all your optimism for life, all your drive and your purpose and your desire to live with passion, he wants it dead. He wants to destroy everything in you before he destroys and takes your last breath. I'm gonna tell you that Jesus rose from the dead and defeated every evil thing in your life, that there's no weapon formed against you that shall prosper, that God has overcome it, he rose from the dead, he is alive, he is victorious, and all you have to do is say, I'm not living for the devil anymore, I'm not gonna be manipulated by his lies, I'm not going to be deceived by his fear and his threats. I'm going to walk in victory and I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. So if you want to give your life to Christ right now and walk out of your tomb, walk out of your death and walk into life, life abundant. The thief has come to steal, kill and destroy and put your life in a tomb. But Jesus has come to give you life and not only life abundant here on earth, but eternal life in heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that if you would believe in him, you will not perish here in this tomb, but you will have life and life abundantly and eternal life. So if you would like to give your life to Christ and walk out of your tomb into your blessed future, just say this prayer with me. Just look at me right here. No matter where you are in the whole world, this this message is eternal, it's spiritual, and applies to every single one of you out there that were made in the image of God. Every single one of you was made in the image of God so you could have a relationship with God so he can deliver you from your tomb. Say this prayer with me. Say, Dear God, I believe that you love me. I believe that that Satan is a liar, a murderer. And I believe you died, Jesus, for me and rose from the dead. I believe the tomb is empty. I give my life to you, Jesus. And today, I want to walk out of my tomb. I receive your forgiveness. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I wanna be born all over again and walk out of my tomb, out of my grave, and be a light in the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer, there are angels cheering in heaven for you. And I want you to encourage you no matter where you're at in the world, we want to help you in your journey as you walk out of the tomb. Now you gotta walk as children of light in the world wherever you are. Please text the word SAVE to 52525. No matter where you are in the world, we wanna help you in your journey. We wanna help you walk in this world as children of light. God bless you, we love you, congratulations. Just before we started the church, we were looking for a name and we landed on the rock. And there were a lot of reasons. One, Goliath killed David with a rock. Moses called water out of a rock. Elijah was hid in the cleft of the rock. Uh, Jesus is the rock of our salvation. A rock is a strong, immovable object. It is solid, it is safe and secure. That's why I'm sitting on this big rock. It ain't going anywhere. And finally, Jesus rose from the dead was buried in a tomb that was a rock covered by a rock and it's when that rock moved he walked out of the tomb he declared victory over death he declared light over darkness and he offers that light over darkness in your life and he has set you free as we prepare to take our offering i want to pray that you would have the freedom to be as generous as god wants you to be and that you would enjoy being generous that you would not feel manipulated or pressured but that you would give as an act of worship to the God who has blessed you with the ability to give. So let me pray for you, and then we're going to hear an amazing, amazing worship song. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for being the rock of our salvation, a salvation that is immovable, that is eternal and secure. I pray you give everyone the freedom to give generously according to what you have put on their heart, that they would give as a cheerful giver. Bless them a hundredfold in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to give, just text the word GIVE to 52525 and we want to thank you from the bottom of our heart for all of our family around the world. God bless you and enjoy this song.